0: Hey guys, my name is Dina Marie Rodriguez and I'm a full-time hand lettering artist and illustrator living in Portland, Oregon. And this is episode two of Women of Illustration, a brand new web series supporting female artists everywhere. So that way we all can be heard, make art, and most importantly, get paid in today's episode we're going to be talking about practice and we're going to be continuing our conversation with irene felio an amazing illustrator and animator out of brooklyn new york and we're going to be talking about a really big topic which is where do we find the time to actually practice whether we have a crazy social life or there's just a lot of good things on tv or kids or a full-time day job how do we find time motivation inspiration in order to actually practice our craft so we can reach those artistic goals that we've been dreaming of our whole entire lives. Since we launched our first episode last week, I have to say I'm very impressed. We hit over 1000 views in less than a week. I've received a ton of new patrons. Thank you so much for all of your support. People are making illustrations like this one and this one, and this one, to help support the cause and let everybody know, Women of Illustration is cool. Join us, and it's just, oh, overwhelmingly awesome. Thank you we do have a patron right now where you guys are able to get early access for just one dollar. That means that you get first dibs on all episodes before anybody else. I wanted to go ahead and give a quick shout out to all of you who have become new supporters of Women of Illustration at patreon.com slash women of illustration. Let's get into it. We have Kristen, Shanna, Chad, Kelly, Veronica, Creatoring, Carla, Savannah, Lisbeth, Erin, Ellie, Ashley, Melissa, Gwendolyn, Emma, Barbie, Marianne, And Brittany, right now we have about 37 new patrons. If we reach our first goal of 100 patrons, we actually unlock a completely different reward tier. So you'll be able to get $5, so that way from now on, every single new episode that gets recorded, you get to see it live. That means that you get to see episodes literally months in advance, way before anybody else. That's pretty cool. All right, I know, I don't wanna wait anymore either. All right, on to the episode. Fade to pink. So do you find it difficult with a full-time, like, is it full-time or is it part-time? Full-time. Full-time. So with your full-time job, I mean, I already know the answer, but I just would like to hear your perspective of, like, you obviously are, are creatively drained right in the end of the day if you're doing your job right, and how do you find time to do things for yourself? Because you do a lot of, like, side projects. Yeah. Just things that you think are cool. So, like, how do you find the motivation to do that in your day job?
1: Um, well... I don't know, I guess I think it's, it's about a balance of both really because my day job is like thankfully very creative. Um, from time to time we'll get like cool creative briefs in advertising um, but at the end of the day as well it is just advertising so we do get a lot of bread and butter clients where we just do you know simple motion graphics or simple logos or simple designs and that isn't necessarily feeding the kind of creativity that I you know really aspire to so often I am drained physically because um, you know the work hours are intense but I don't know I feel like it's a different kind of draining where you I'm just working but then when I get home I kind of get inspired again and then I work on my own stuff but sometimes you know I think it's a bad day if I only work on my own stuff for about half an hour or an hour that like usually I like to to work on it for like three or four after a work day so yeah it's just about balance yeah
0: i mean um i definitely remember and by the way i had to change the title because i forgot to change it (laughs) before we started so if you notice that i changed it you're right i'm a human (laughs) being and i make mistakes hey um okay so eagle eye (laughs) yeah yeah you know we're just starting out it's gonna be awesome um but (laughs) to be back on topic i i think it was my most recent job i worked at a place called mod media that got bought out by a bigger company called Blue River. Um, and this is right when I moved to Portland like right when I started to get into like serious lettering. Uh, just like obsessed with Sean West and like Mary Kate McDivitt and just like, oh um, and it was so fucking hard because my job uh, it was okay. I was like at first I was like a production monkey type of deal and it would just do everything. Like I was I was the only designer. they had one web designer, it was it. I had my own office. that was cool um But it was like, oh, you do website That's design perfect. and graphics and branding and all the things. And then I ended up switching to a role that was like social media marketing. And I found when I switched my day job from a less creative role to something that was more analytical, I had my fucking brain was on fucking fire when I would get yeah. home, and I you can like see it in my grid and Instagram. Like I just started to produce more. So I think. Do you think it's safe to say, like, for advice for people who are you know didn't go to school, uh, and if they're in their, or they're practicing a lot and they might feel tempted to get a day job, do you think it's a better idea for someone to get a non-creative job to pay the bills, and then for I them mean, to go freelance, or do you think it's like, no, you should just do it so you can make money?
1: I mean, like, it really just depends because I've like me personally with where I've gone. Is I got a day job, and yeah, by all means, it is meant to be like a creative job. But I personally have never, not never, but like only recently, I've started to feel like it is creative because I think skills like graphic design, to me, they're they're a lot more technical. Like it doesn't feel like they're very um, illustrative or creative. And uh, anyway, in like the roles that I've been getting, so I think there's like a lot of merit in gaining those technical skills and then kind of merging your personal practice with your day job so that eventually it meets and then, yeah, you can start making money in the most ideal way possible. But yeah, like you said, like if you do end up getting it, you know, I worked retail for so many years, like for four years, like throughout uni and then a year after university. And I drew the most that I ever have because I never felt um, creatively drained in the slightest. I was just kind of like, sweet. I can like go home and like, once I walked out of that job, it, it like, my mind switched off and I was able to switch gears Mm -hmm. I think it's harder if you get a job where you know you kind of want to make both of them work and you kind of are designing all day and then you kind of have you have to think about it all the time so yeah yeah, there's merit to both really but there is no shame in getting a day job that is not in the least bit creative because yeah it will only benefit your personal practice really
0: yeah Uh, what, like, how do you find time to practice work-life balance? And it's such like a blanket statement that gets thrown around, but some people are like, but what is that? <laughs> but like, how, like, how yeah. do we do that? Um, so here's just like a bunch of ideas and you, and you let me know if, if like your input as well. So yep. I think you really need to, to be careful. Like, so especially if you have a day job, for me, what worked was I'd actually show up to my day job early, work on my own stuff before like nine o'clock and then work, 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 work. And then I would like drink like a Slim Fast or a smoothie or something for lunch, and then work on my stuff during lunch. Work, work, work at work. Five o'clock with being around. I'd stay late at that same spot because I had a nice office versus like my living room <laughs> or like the kitchen <laughs> to work because I didn't have my own dedicated office. And I felt like I could work better because I had my own dedicated space and I was already in that vibe. Um, so I think that's something that people could do, especially if you have a day job. Um, have you ever done that at your job? Or do you feel like you work better when you're just like in your home?
1: No, I work wherever fine like luckily i've always worked at companies that are that totally encourage because like you know sometimes there is total downtime like we go through phases of not having any work at all um so there can be like almost like you know a week where on and off again i'm only like on a minor job so my work has always encouraged me to work on a personal project or like anything that will further my skills so yeah i have no problem like bringing a project to work and just doing it in my day job that's so cool some people are not okay with that which I never no, some people are not, but like I think I don't know I think as long as I don't know it keeps you on your toes it means that like you know because I work as part of a team of like two other designers so they'll be like what are you working on and I'll show them and then you know they do the same and so like I don't know it's a good way to kind of feel like you're in this kind of creative community and encourage and share with others rather than just you know because like like you know if you are only in your desk at your home it can be very lonely and sad and so it's just like it's nice to share these kind of things
0: yeah so bosses everywhere listen take heed let your employees have a conversation and let them work on their own stuff because it's only going to make them more creative for you to make money off of right (laughs) you were saying the ideal amount to practice is daily but what do you think is like a good time spot do you think like the 10 minute rule is a good starting place for people who need to make more time
1: I mean, to me, like, 10 minutes isn't enough. <laughs> but I guess it's just about um, figuring out a routine. And like, like you said, you know, like, if you have other priorities, like, so, for example, most people have a job that they have to go to. A lot of people have social obligations, whether it be, mean having, like, a partner or, you know, having to see friends and stuff like that. So I think it's just about looking at your week or even a day and figuring out where you can slide in time. I call it decompress time. When I say decompress, I really mean just like time to sit down to like put a show on in the background and to do a little bit of drawing, whether it be for an animation that I'm working on at the moment or just doing like an illustration to share on Instagram or just drawing while listening to a podcast. It's like anything as long as I'm actively doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me personally, that time is Like once I come home from work, I always have dinner with my boyfriend. We like cook dinner or we order takeout. We have like, you know, about like, like that usually takes an hour and a half. And then that brings us to like 930. We go to bed at midnight. So that's two and a half hours of decompression time where I can sit and do my own thing. So obviously that like that doesn't happen every day. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important to kind of think about always being mindful, like think of it as like, you know, people schedule exercise into their routines. I have yet to do that successfully. (laughs) And it's something that I want to like start, you know, being able to do where like I'm starting to really embrace the concept of a routine. Like I've never been that type of person. Like I always wake up late. I always like struggle to get to work on time, but I'm starting to like really want to be that person that, Oh, I go to the gym on Tuesdays and Thursdays and once on the weekend. And then I do this because I think there's like something that's quite soothing about knowing you have this time and you've allocated it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think after work is probably going to be the easiest time for a lot of people, but I'm not a morning person at all. Like, I really struggle to wake up so <laughs> it can be different for any, for everyone.
0: Yeah. It's like such a difficult thing to really talk about, like finding time to practice. Um, it, and I think it's really it comes down to your priorities and I've talked about yeah. this a few different times. Yeah. Um, like obviously my health, is, comes first because if I'm not healthy and no good to anybody um then family um and then work and then friends sorry friends um <laughs> and so like me and Rick actually uh fiance Rick he, oh I don't know if you know he proposed uh, he did. I did I tell you that okay yeah I
1: think he told me because I remember being like your fiance and then I'm like did I imagine that <laughs> okay yeah
0: he proposed during the eclipse um it was it was magical um oh <laughs> but um and also I feel weird saying that word and like it. Yes, we've definitely talked about this because I remember yeah, you being it's like fiance. fiance. <laughs> my fiance. Your fiance fiance. Fiancé, fiance. Oh, that's <laughs> right. The two different ways. Um yep. and uh so because he loves me so much and he wants to hang out with me all the time, but me being an entrepreneur and him having a day job, it's sometimes hard for him to like get mm-hmm. my perspective because you know how it is like you you, yep. you you come up with an idea and you have to work on it. Like you have that inspiration it strikes. Can you work whenever, whether or not you're inspired? Yes. Um, I think creativity is a muscle that needs to be actively exercised, um, just like anything else. But when you do have those moments of like, holy fuck, um, you definitely want to take advantage of those. So when that happens and we're like watching TV, I'll start to show signs. Like I'll just start getting up a lot and like walking to the kitchen and then like walking back and sitting down or I'll just start fucking pacing or I'll just be on my phone like a lot. It's like, oh, just look at Instagram. And, and add all these images to my spank bank of inspiration. Because <laughs> um, you know, you have like a visceral reaction to some people's work that are spank bank work. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. And then yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, God. And then, but it's like, I don't wanna, like, we're watching a movie. Like, I don't wanna peace out. So I think like having your sketchbook and making sure that you have light enough to see, but it's still dark enough to watch a movie. Or if you have an iPad, that is, I can't tell you how many times the iPad has saved my life. So recently we came up with a compromise because we're both like multi screen people. So it's like TV. And then uh, he'll have like a laptop and on my laptop, and then I'll have an iPad. So we started listening to like books on tape. so like audiobooks, And he'll just like cozy on down in my office. So that way I can use my big computer. And then we'll just listen to it on my like in the speakers, and I'll be able to work and he'll be able to play video games. And it's like the perfect.
1: So you're both like spending time. It's It's essentially like your version of watching a movie together Mm -hmm. right you're experiencing it together but you're able to still engage with other things on that level Mm -hmm. that's really cool yeah
0: so it's just like finding your way like so whatever your issue is if it's like oh kid time or you know friend time or something you could still find little ways and also people are willing to compromise with you because obviously if you're not making things Mm -hmm. your happiness level is going to go down and all your friends and loved ones want you to be happy so it's like I'm sure they'll yeah, be willing to compromise like, with you.
1: That's like the number one thing that I realized is that because I, you know, when you were like listing your priorities, I I used to kind of always have my priorities all on the same level. Like <laughs> I wasn't really able to be like, I would be like work, boyfriend, friends, all on the same level. So like I would want to meet up with people and then have dinners and then go to work and then go to work after drinks and then have date night and then have like all of these different things. And I wouldn't, ever realize that oh okay like this means that my time is like depleting and i would notice that i would get really angsty and kind of like i don't feel well like and i i really notice myself emotionally when i haven't like had time to myself to draw or even just decompress um yeah and so i think figuring out priorities like ordering them and being like and it's not even about because I do still see it all as being on the same level but it's just about it being spread out which is why I look at a calendar and I go okay in this week I can have one date night I'll probably work late every night this week because that's the nature of my studio job and then yeah I can have like maybe one or two hours like a sprinkling of a friend date here or there but I don't know I think it's just about taking a step back and looking at what is achievable with what you have on your plate
0: yeah I think it totally makes sense
1: Alright, so some people
0: say that in order for you to, if you just have a really hard time committing to drawing, um, most people would say, oh, if you can't commit to drawing, then you shouldn't draw at all. No, you're fucking witch lady. Rude. I think that's weird. Um... (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's just no um but i think sometimes they say accountability will help right so um i've suggested things like putting a to-do list on your fridge so that way the people that you live with um have to see what your to-do list is sometimes that's working out or eating healthy or drawing right um or some people will do like a prompt like inktober Right? Like mm-hmm. um, and like tell their social media following I'm going to do this consistently, whether it's that or you're doing your own series or three sixty-five or whatever. Um, but like the majority of us that try to do that, we're like really gun-ho at first. We're like, Fuck yeah, I'm gonna make all these cool things and have the best theme, and then like day four you're like oh, it's just, okay, it's getting harder. <laughs> and then you like post it and you're like not really proud of it. You're like, oh no. And then <laughs> another day goes by and then you're like really late turning it in by your like 24 hour period deadline. Yeah. And then you just yeah. don't do it. And then you just don't do them again.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's like Ooh. the inspiration yeah. fallout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's happened to me so many times. Like even actually now that you mention it, like when I first started kind of really starting to draw and develop my style, I remember I would go on this website. I don't even know if it exists anymore, but it used to be just called like graphic competitions. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that website? But it would mm-hmm. list like every competition that existed out there, like with pending deadlines of like, oh, World Natural Conservatorium needs a poster, a deadline by here. Oh, um, like this is a kid's hospital mural competition, deadline here and I would look for competitions to enter or at least have in my mindset so that I was working towards a purpose because that's the thing, like I felt like I could never just draw randomly. I always kind of had to be like, okay, this is going to somewhere. Now in the times of Instagram and like where social media is such a thing like sharing is so encouraged, I don't know if that's necessarily applicable, but it does really help to have those prompts like Inktober and I also, have you heard of the 30 day drawing challenge?
0: Yeah.
1: I've, I've tried to do the 30 day drawing challenge like so many times. I think the most I've ever gotten is day five, but it's about five. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Day five is when I lose steam. I'm like, I got this, but like, yeah, but, um, yeah, to this day, I've still had like, you know, client requests, um, for commissions based on work that I have done in that 30 day drawing competition. So definitely recommend looking at things and lists for that. Just so like, you know, if you ever run like dry of inspiration or like something to do, cause it's, it's really intimidating to sit down and see like a blank piece of paper. Like you need a prompt and you need a purpose. So those yeah. are really good. I
0: think um, that's always the hardest thing, right? Like if you ever had like an art class your your teacher would say something like draw something and they don't give you a prompt and then you have an empty fucking blank white canvas, just laughing at you. <laughs> And you're like, I don't know, do I draw like an apple? Like you just get really weird about what you're going to draw. Like I feel like the create, sometimes you need that prompt to help your brain just start moving. Even if it's like smile, like just what like the one word prompts um, can like give you a lot of momentum. Especially like lettering artists that I find is the hardest part is finding out what phrase to draw. So like so many artists that are in typography, they draw, you start to see the same lettering pieces like yes. dream big, work hard, dance like no one's watching. Um oh, yes. Let's it's like yes. don't let your dreams be dreams. Thanks Shia LaBeouf for that one. Um yeah. and they're just like uh like uh the mountains are calling and I must go, wanderlust, leap, like go outside, look up, like all these things where it starts yeah. I think is an issue. Like I think it's fine in the beginning, um, because it's just nice to have something to draw, but if you're really trying to create a brand for yourself. So like we're speaking like in the future Because it's not like you only have a hard time trying to practice in the beginning. You're going to have a hard time trying to practice forever. forever. Like, that's never going to stop. Welcome to your life. (laughs) Um, So I think it can just be helpful if the prompt is something that is really something that's important to you specifically. Mm -hmm. So, like, Lauren Holm went ahead and she's a really great lettering artist and teacher. And she released a uh, class called uh, Passion to Paid. Um, and she actually walks you through like the ideal passion project for yourself she opens this up every semester. So I highly recommend you guys check out Lauren home in her class. So yeah, so back on track, just trying to find something that gets you excited to get out of bed in the morning, I think can make a huge difference. And I recommend this for all skill sets. Like you don't, I know in the beginning it can be hard to think of it, but I think in order to be a true artist, you need to be able to take things from your own life experiences and turn it into art. Uh, especially if you are being an illustrator, because I always think, if you're doing work for yourself, it's art. If you're being paid to do it for someone else, it's design. It's like I did a series on my addiction to screens that I did privately, and then you're starting to see those get released now. And when I was in that zone, I would like I wanted to say fuck you to my client work, fuck you to my blogging schedule, like all the other things you have to do when you run a business, just so I could work on it. And that's when you know you're on to something. When you're like you had a dream about it, and the first thing you think about before you brush your teeth is about the project. Yeah or your brain, like you can't go to sleep because you keep thinking about it. By the way, everyone should have a sketchbook next to their uh, dresser in their bed. So that way- I have heard that. Because yeah. you will come up with, like at least have your phone and like have an active like Evernote list or if you use Todoist, which is a uh, to-do app that I use, I've written all my ideas. And if I did not have my phone or a notebook, I would have missed out, I think, on like literally thousands of dollars because of how yeah. successful certain products have been for me lately. So, yeah, just really trying to make sure that you're doing something that you actually enjoy. And I know that's such like an obvious thing to say, but some people still miss it. They get caught up in what everyone else is doing. Yeah. That they forget really to be easy, themselves. Yeah.
1: yeah. I think it's really easy to see like, oh, like everyone's drawing flowers or oh, everyone's drawing cards. It's like you're connection to whatever you're drawing can be the tiniest little thing but i think people respond really well to authenticity and also like people can tell when you really love something Mm -hmm. like the first illustration series that i really like the first kind of personal work that really grew into client work like where there was a direct trajectory was this piece that i did um this was just a completely personal series of when me and my boyfriend went to berlin And I kind of we were so bad at taking selfies because he refused to ask strangers to take (laughs) a photo, and so we'd have to kind of awkwardly, like, pose together. But you couldn't see any of the landmarks behind us, so it looked like we were just taking photos. (laughs) And so I really wanted to kind of illustrate like all of the things that we had seen in Berlin, all the different places we'd seen. So I drew like a series of portraits of us, um, like, like our heads submerged like in this Berlin landscape. and they were deeply personal and I loved them so much because it like featured us and they were kind of like these portraits of like a very personal memory in our experience. And I shared them on Instagram and I got, you know, so, so many one positive responses and followers from it, but also I was approached by very big clients like Coca-Cola to essentially redo this concept, but for their brand. Um, and so, yeah, like I think, it, like it can be like that was the tiniest thing you know like Mm -hmm. it was just such a little idea that grew from a very personal um place and yeah i think people really respond to that
0: yeah i think the quicker you start to put yourself in your practice the better your work will come and the easier you'll be able to find your style So for me, just like talking from personal experience. So when I got into lettering, and the reason I use like the motivational phrase, is because I went down that rabbit hole. I uh, got a little bit too obsessed with one particular inspiration, which was Mary Kate McDivitt. And all of my color schemes were stolen from hers, just robbed her of her color schemes. Um, and then I would like look at all of Sean West's and I was just like really pigeonholed in how I was getting my practice. And so my style was something that wasn't mine. It was just ripped off of other people and because I didn't take the time to have varied amounts of um, inspiration. And also I think the mistake was like being a lettering artist, all of my inspiration was other lettering artists. I think I would have grown exponentially faster if I had looked at other illustrators or other animators. Like if you look right now at my timeline, pretty much like right when I announced my of illustration, you see a completely different style come out because running that Instagram account and I'm curating a different account that's not letters all the time, you're starting to see all these different kind of references be pulled out. And my style, I feel like is more unique than it was before. Um, so I just, I can't say enough, like Frankenstein, your inspiration, make a design baby or illustration baby of your choice. Um, really pick and choose the DNA of that baby. Um, I always like the word design baby because everything you make is going to feel like your baby and it always will.
1: A little Frankenstein baby.
0: Um, so when you first started out, did you have any issues like that where you like pulled inspiration A little bit all from the same
1: places yeah definitely like you know when i first started out um if you look at my like you know the beginning of my instagram or like beginning of my tumblr all i drew was floating floating girl heads um, (laughs) with flowy hair like that was my look that was my aesthetic um and you know that was pulled from a lot of um inspiration like one tattoos have always been a huge inspiration for me tattoo art so i love the concept of like you know the floating girl head um but then i also you know i was obsessed with artists like audrey kawasaki um miss ben faffy who drew these like female characters um coralie and so that's all i would draw as well um and you know i even got feedback from a, a what's it called an illustration agent saying like you know if you want your work to be commercial you can't just keep drawing these like you need to have like, oh, also on top of this, my, like the girl heads that I were drawing, they had very stoic looks on their faces, like very like, they weren't expressive at all. They weren't smiling, they weren't like looking or anything, they were just kind of like stoic. Um, And this illustration agent um, was like, you know, like there are so many emotions in the world, like maybe try exploring some of them. And I remember being like, but I just want to draw like flowing hair. Like that's all I care about. It's so silly. But, yeah, like, and i I guess that really turned when I started putting myself into my artwork. And that was, you know, when I started doing those travel series, when I started experimenting with maps and even just like other drawing other subject matter that wasn't, you know what initially pulled me into illustration. Um, and yeah, so it's really interesting to look at my work back then because I knew who my influences were. I like worship these artists and I wanted to be exactly like them. So, I drew exactly what they were drawing, but it wasn't, yeah, I wasn't really able to pull it off necessarily to the level that they were because I just loved the idea of them. Whereas when I started really progressing in what I do now, it's because I've started to develop my own voice.
0: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think the, the, more, the moral of the episode of how to find time to practice is really listen to what you need. Your body, whether or not, again, I'm just going to like recap. Do you work better in an empty stomach? Do you work better when you're full? Do you work better in a cafeteria? Do you work better in your office? Do you work better at your job? Do you work better on the bedroom floor? Right? And just like get all the materials. And you don't need a fancy office. You don't need that fancy equipment or that new iPad Pro and, and Apple Pencil in order to draw digitally. You really just need a pencil and a piece of paper in order to practice. It's obviously important to make time for yourself as a creative and to... Find time for inspiration and to put that inspiration to paper, but also don't abuse it and don't try to do more than you think is capable. Like it's great to look, be outside your comfort zone, but when you do it all the time, you might forget what your comfort zone was in the first place, which is your home. So I think we just have to be really careful and really listen to ourselves and what's important and what's going to work for us. And don't take anyone else's uh, advice too seriously.
1: I think it's like... It's exactly. like it's all about picking and choosing like you know i say working at night after having dinner with my boyfriend and cooking dinner till midnight works for me a lot of people would think that's too much a lot of people would think that's not enough like yeah you know it's all about picking what works for you and figuring out like this routine works for me because i've done it through trial and error um but yeah it's all a glorious journey yeah
0: Wasn't that cool? I know, I love that episode. When we come back with Irene next week, we're gonna finish up our three-part series on how to find your style and talk about how to niche down as an artist. Now, you might think, Dina, you've talked a lot about practice already. Obviously that's the answer in finding your style and your niche. No, there's a really big difference between finding your artistic style and finding your niche. Your style is more of like the color palette or the mediums or the subject matters that you like. Your niche is pretty much what is the marketing side of things and how you portray yourself, essentially your brand, to the world. This is what makes clients come to you so you don't have to hunt down for work. We're going to get into a bunch of other things so that way you guys can just figure out your shit. (laughs) If you guys have been enjoying these episodes, please consider hitting that subscribe button right there for absolutely no money. Just hit the button. Hit it. Hit it. Okay. Um, thanks for watching. I know you have a really, a lot of things to do in your day and thank you for making time to watch a video about how to make time to draw and I'll see you later.